Welcome to the Horror Unmasked podcast, where we unmask the monsters and explore the lore. I'm Amber. And I'm Lily. And today we'll be dissecting Annabelle, The Conjuring, and Annabelle Comes Home. Let's give up our souls. The movie opens with two terrified girls, Debbie and Camilla, talking to Ed and Lorraine Warren about a doll that has been haunting them, the Annabelle doll. We then see a couple, Mia and John, have a small argument about the difficulties having a baby will be while John is working on his medical career. To make it up to her, John gives Mia an early present for the baby's room. Mia opens the box to reveal the Annabelle doll. <gasps> the worst to- like the worst present of all ever the fucking presents children. you could give is the worst thing. Yeah. But apparently it's a set that she's been looking for forever. So. It's still absolutely the most terrifying thing yeah, like, that why- you could ever want. And there's a bunch of them in her room, like yeah. in the baby's room. Like she collects these things. It's like, why? I was literally terrified of anything like that yeah. when I was a girl. Are you kidding me? No, thank you. Anyway, later that night, we see into the neighbor's house where the couple that lives there is brutally murdered. Mia is woken up by their screams and sends John to investigate. Yes, instead of just calling 911 yep. immediately. Instead of not risking your own lives, let's just fucking <laughs> walk let me just, over. Let me just send my husband over there while I'm the alone and pregnant. That just got murdered in. People just literally just got murdered. Well, you she watched didn't, it. Happen. We watched it. We watched they it. They didn't. They saw blood. No, no, because the lights shut off. Oh, yeah. And they were like, "The fuck's going on over there?" Yeah, they're like, "Oh, we heard screaming. You should go check it out." No. no. <laughs> You call the police. You call the and cops. And you say, hey, we heard screaming. We're yeah. worried about our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And Not, you, and you, let me toddle my my very obviously white ass over there and go fucking check out the danger zone. Because <laughs> that's smart. As white people do in horror movies. Yes. Yeah. And All lock the, the door, guys. Like, fucking lock the door. Immediately lock your fucking door. Because anyway. of what happens next. So after she sends her husband to investigate, Mia calls the cops mm-hmm. and waits inside for her husband. But, shocker, is attacked and stabbed in the stomach by a man and woman dressed in white. Yeah. Bum, bum, yeah. Bum. Because they fucking stepped outside and then fucking went back inside. Yeah. The cops arrive, shoot down the attackers, and the woman dies with the Annabelle doll in her arms. While John is out at a work conference for the day, Mia is at home alone. While she is sewing, we see the stove turn on by itself, causing the popcorn dish to catch fire. Mia trips on a chair and falls, then begins to get dragged towards the fire by an unseen force. John meets Mia at the hospital where she has had her baby, Leah. Months later, The family has moved out of their house into an apartment in California. Mia takes Leah on a stroll around their new town when she meets a bookstore owner, Evelyn, who gives them a book. Cute little welcome to the town present. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? What's up? This is me. Yeah. Strange things begin to happen in the new apartment. Children drawing scary pictures of death prophecies. Figures of little girls running around. Sewing machines turning on by themselves. You know, the scariest thing possible. (laughs) Your sewing machine just just, turning on. If it's dead quiet in the middle of the night and all of a sudden you hear... You know, the first thing's more terrifying than anything else. 
Yeah. <laughs> Children drawing scary pictures of death prophecies. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe maybe don't lead with that one. Maybe lead with like a sewing machine and then children walking around and then, oh yeah, death prophecies. <laughs> but we'll pass on that one. Because, <laughs> you know, sewing machines. Fucking terrifying. Well, that's just the order of how it happened. I don't know, girl. <laughs> um... <laughs> Mounting chaos. <laughs> don't blame me for how the writers wanted to put shit in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just writing what I see, man. Anyway, the scariest thing <laughs> happens when Mia goes to put something in the basement storage. A stroller pops out of nowhere with a crying baby. Mia goes to investigate, but is grabbed by a demonic entity. She escapes up the stairs, but it follows her. When she finally gets away into her apartment, she notices a mark on her arm from where the demon grabbed her. On a quest for answers, Mia calls the investigator from her neighbor's murder to find out that the woman from the attack was her neighbor's adopted daughter, Annabelle, who had joined a cult. Mia sees the mark on her arm and a picture from the attack, written in blood, on the wall. Mia goes to the bookstore to do some digging, where Evelyn helps Mia figure out that a demon is attacking her family for a soul. Spoiler warning skip ahead. Mia is attacked again, but is saved by John coming home. They decide to call Father Perez, the priest at their church, to come take care of the doll. Before Father Perez can get the doll inside his church, a dark presence launches him back, causing him to hit his head on the pavement. While at work, John finds Father Perez in the hospital in critical condition. When Father Prez wakes up, he warns John about the evil inside the doll, who rushes back to the apartment to check on his family. Evelyn is at the apartment with Mia when the demon attacks, taking Leah. Mia realizes that to get Leah back, she will have to sacrifice herself and give the demon a soul. Before Mia can jump out of the window with Annabelle, John and Evelyn pull her back from the ledge. Realizing that she can save the family, Evelyn takes Annabelle and leaps from the window, sacrificing herself instead. Leah is back in her crib, and the family is safe again. Annabelle is now seen in a shop found by a lady who wants to buy the doll for her daughter, a nurse. The end. Well, that's an interesting movie. <laughs> anyway... Um, I love that movie. When yeah. I first watched it, I really enjoyed that. So, kind of going off of the previous episode, you can kind of tell now that you've, now that you watch it a certain way, you know who the person is that was the woman. The daughter. The adopted daughter. The, yeah, you know uh, who she, she is. She is, um, oh my god, what was her name? I don't. Her original name. Fucking remember. Let's, let's go back, shall we? Yes, let's go back and, and, and check I it out. I have the notes here. That's why you keep everything. Yes. Um, Janice. Yes. Her she original is, na- she is Janice, Janice from, um, Annabelle Creation. Creation. Yep. Yep. Uh, she ends up growing up to murder her parents. Yep. And it's so crazy how the doll ends up back. Yeah. Close to her. Like it's uh, it's one of those situations where I feel like like these people that are your parents' neighbors just happen to end up with the same doll. Uh, yeah. Like that's it's very convenient. Yeah. But I feel like that's like a weird part of it. But I definitely feel like 
obviously Janice is not Janice. Yeah. And Janice is Like she's been possessed like this whole time. Um, Which is crazy how she led a normal life up until that point. Like until the doll came back to her like. Uh, yeah. Literally close to her in family. pursuit of it. It's almost. Yeah. It, that's wild. Yeah. I love the ties. Like when I watched this it like no. When I saw Annabelle Creation and I saw all the ties that all these movies had. I was yes. like. Y'all you start are, to see the y'all world are kind develop. of genius. Yeah. Y'all are a kind of genius. Yeah. Except for something and we'll get into it later. <laughs> yeah. So to start us off, the release date of this film was October 3rd, 2014. A decade ago. A decade ago. The director was John R. Leonetti. 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 Thank yes. you. They're distributed by Warner Bros. and Warner Bros. Pictures. The cinematographer was James Knees? Knees? Neist? I don't know. The K is probably silent. Neist? Is there an N after it? N-I-E-S-T. K-N. Yeah, K- then the yeah, K is Neist. silent. So, James Neist. And music by Joseph. James Kniest. Bishara. 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 And then uh, their budget was $6.5 which feels really small. Yes. Like, really small. It was really tiny. But they made bank in the box office, baby. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Every single movie in this franchise makes, makes a shit makes ton of money. fucking bank. And what's funny is I think I watched like the the one that probably made less amount of money, and I think that's the only one I watched in theaters, and that was <laughs> La La Llorona. Ah, ah. Because I don't think a lot of people really connected that one to this franchise. No, most people did not realize that that was actually part of the franchise, which will be next episode. Yes, <laughs> yes. The cast. Oh, uh, well, in is... the box office, they oh. made. Yeah, I don't have the box office. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let me share this bit then. In the box, budgets, office, box office, they made $257.6 million. Hell yeah, they did. Oh um, yeah, they did. Yeah, it's it's a little, it's kind of a shorter movie. It's only 99 minutes, so it doesn't even reach like over that 100 minute mark. Yeah. And oh my God, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, based on, okay, my research was very difficult for this film. Yeah. And all I found was just a lot of people who really didn't like this movie. Which is crazy. A lot of people who did not like this movie and thought it was like cliche and thought it was like not very well done. And I'm like, God damn. for the time that it came out, God I damn. disagree. A decade ago, uh, yeah. What movies were out that were really still, like this? I was still in high school. Yeah, yeah. I was in m- middle. St- I was what, like senior? See, if- I was in my. I was in the beginning of my senior year. Then I was at the beginning of my first year in middle school. <laughs> Oh, that's when I fucking watched this film. Crazy. But yeah, uh, main actors, we have Annabelle Wallace as Mia. Mm-hmm. Ward Horton. I, that, I love that name. It's mm-hmm. it's so silly. It's so goofy. Ward Horton as John. Alfrey Woodard as Evelyn. And Tony Amendola as Father Perez. Yes. Which is funny because his first name or his last name has Amen in it. And he's yes. Father and I Perez. also just love the fact that the actress who played the mom who was being attacked by Annabelle is Annabelle. Yes. Yeah. I also like that I could actually pronounce all these names. <laughs> yes. For the first time in forever. forever. We're going to have to blur that for copyright reasons. Well, you know, it's not like we sang it perfectly, so it's fine. Yeah. How do you know where that's from? <laughs> <laughs> so my notes are very short. Okay. Go ahead. Go for so it. So we can just kind of chit chat around My them. notes for this one are also... Pretty small, just because, you know, I talked more about the Annabelle, like... The creature and the doll and all that kind of stuff. Like, last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this is more just factual stuff. Yeah. So obviously this film is set during the 1970s. Yes. 1970. Is it? 1970s. It doesn't specify the year. It, which is weird because. Comes home, it does specify the year. Which is weird because Conjuring is 1971. So what I'm saying is I think this is 1970. I think Annabelle okay. takes place 1970. I'm going to look. Because even Annabelle Comes Home is 1971. Oh. So The Conjuring and Annabelle Comes Home are happen in the quote quote It probably same year. does happen in the seven like 1970. So then. I'm assuming a year later. When does Annabelle take place? Oh, 1967. Okay, so a lot so a decent chunk. The beginning of Annabelle starts off starts that's not true. The beginning of Annabelle starts where Annabelle creation leaves off with an older Janice trying to complete a satanic ritual. Well, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's where Annabelle yeah. starts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what does it say? The 1967? 1967. Okay. So 1967 is when Annabelle I takes I usually place. write that in the summary. I just didn't this time. So obviously borrowing stuff from elements of Juan's earlier work. We love you, James Wan. James Wan. You just are an inspiration of chaos constantly such as insidious 2010 and obviously their conjuring film which was 2013 so again reiterating we are doing this in chronological order yes not in release order so we're talking about annabelle and then the conjuring because that is actually the timeline that it takes place in um again we will be doing that for certain films not every film uh, a series but we will be doing it for a good majority of them but not all so obviously annabelle largely stands out due to its distinctive wan inspired visuals and it recounts a as considered generic haunting tale we've all no doubt seen countless times before spirits cults skeptical uh husbands and hysterical moms okay but when have you ever encountered a demon possessing a doll that's fucking with a lot of people can you like really really think about it like before 2014 um, like the boy before 2014 when did the boy come out i have no fucking clue and the boy it was he wasn't even haunted like it wasn't even haunted spoiler alert sorry <laughs> sorry there was a man living in the walls <laughs> it was well, we'll not get to it we'll get to it i think it's on our list i don't know if it's on our list we'll i have see. no idea i think it is we'll Might get there cut that part out <laughs> i gave no warning to that spoiler so again like i said a lot of the notes that i have are kind of steeped in i don't like this movie so if that's what it sounds like it's because that's what these people feel like that's um, real fucked up yeah so the picture's most attractive aspect lies with its striking aesthetic obviously um with its hitchcockian fashioned set and an eerie doll obviously I guess. Static and motionless for the most part, though the intimidating expression on her face and her looming eyes stir up sensations of fear. Agreed. Annabelle's eyes, the Annabelle's face, that is probably the most terrifying visage. Yeah. Like, it's even worse than Annabelle's come, and Annabelle comes home. Like, I don't know how it gets worse, but it does. Her, like, when she looks under the couch yeah. and just she yeah. like I don't like it. Also when she like lifts the sheets and Fuck she's that like nonsense. under there. I hate it. I hate it. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not the one who had to scrub through it and watch it a couple of times. <laughs> Woo! Oof. It was rough. Uh, <laughs> it was a rough day. And art obviously there the art director was Douglas Cumming, who was a part of the Maze Runner and that same year that this movie was released and should be praised for his work this person's last comment on this was somewhat hauling the film out of 
mediocre terrain. It's not that bad of a movie. I think it's good. Well, you have to understand that, like, Conjuring came out 2013. And everybody was really curious about Annabelle and wanted that story uh, yes. so bad. And they put this movie out a year later. Yes. So they didn't really let it, like, cook. Well, personally, I felt it was fine. When Conjuring yeah. came out, I didn't watch it for a little while. Like, I was a baby. I was 11. I was I was a young Yeah, baby. because it's like... Annabelle creation didn't even come out till 2017. Yeah. So it's literally the Annabelle films are 2014, 2017, Mm -hmm. and then 2019. Yeah. And that's not in like realistic order because technically we would have wanted to start with Annabelle creation, then got Annabelle and then got Annabelle comes home. I think they just wanted to redeem themselves a little bit like with like, cause clearly there's a lot of negative reviews on this thing. I don't really understand it personally. Yeah, They got, they, they were, they were not seen as very well off with this film. Annabelle creation is actually terrifying. Annabelle creation is terrifying. It's really good. think, Annabelle Comes Home is a really cool concept. I like the idea of it. I think that's the worst film they've done. But I see the potential of it being like a really fucking amazing house out at HHN. I think it would be a cool experience to like walk through. Yeah. Especially the samurai scene would be just fun yeah. to kind of experience. It, it it The layout of it is perfect for a house out at HHN. It just felt really... I don't know how to say this. It felt a little theatrical to me where in the sense it was like, it, it was a little too haha funny and not ooh, wow. scary. People thought this one was silly. I disagree with that. <laughs> Versus come home. No, because that elevator basement scene actually scared the shit out of me. To be fair, I was probably like 13 when I watched it. So yeah, a baby. So just kind of getting back into it. Sorry. <laughs> we diatribed into a film we haven't talked about yet. Yes. Um, so, which we can do as much as we want. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's our podcast. Mm, our rules. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, suck it. So Suck it. I guess. You know. Oh, well. <laughs> suck to suck. Um, <laughs> love you guys. Love you, yeah. Anyway, so they had a lot of like, obviously they had a lot of different types of shots that they were doing. They had stationary shots, long-winded pan and, and slow zooms, uh, make up the majority of this original tale. Um, throw in a couple low angles. They built a lot of like unease and tension and anticipation because they had like a couple like really grand scale scares and then obviously photographed with dramatic lighting and in different creative ways. A simple shot of Annabelle can evoke feelings of uneasiness and discomfort with her filthy surface and obnoxious smile glaring menacingly at the screen. Mm. I agree. Every shot of Annabelle is just the worst. It makes me think back to the fucking... Here's the thing. I can't... I'm trying to off the top of my head. It's been a bit because I remember Comes Home. I remember distinctively, obviously, the scene of her under the couch for me. And then in in, uh, Creation... It's her in the fuck when she's in the fucking room with her and she turns her face away yeah, from looking yeah. at her. Mm-hmm. I can't my brain can't pinpoint a moment. Maybe when she felt again, maybe when she fell on the floor under the door frame. Yeah. I would feel like would be like an Annabelle scene that's like, fuck that thing. Mm-hmm. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Throw it out the window. Yep. Run it over with a car. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, there's a small part of me that was like, why didn't you just, why didn't you attempt to run it over with a car? How do you know Annabelle can survive a car <laughs> running over it? <laughs> it's a vessel. It's it an is. object. It is. Well, then I Not guess Not a single you one of you attempted to demon. shatter the bitch. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. If it ain't got nothing to hold on to, what does it got to hold on to? Nothing. <laughs> the string and the porcelain that is left after you run yeah. it over maybe yeah. prefers that look because then it's scarier mm-hmm. i don't know that's just my my guess well you go for it let me see what you got girl so it kind of picks up where the last story was leading off like the real story of annabelle and the nurse that brought her to the warrens so after this meeting the warrens we're all, okay, well, this doll has had many signs of demonic possession, teleportation, because it was moving around on its own, mm-hmm. um, materialization be- with the little notes that she was Yeah, because this is mainly the, like, the original, and not the original story from the film. The, no, like, the actual The actual, story. like, real story. Yeah, and then something called the Mark of the Beast, which is, like, the claws that were on Lou when it like attacked him yeah so the warrens ordered an exorcism of the apartment and they took annabelle out of the apartment to their occult museum mm-hmm. which you can still see here to this day yes uh they took her to their museum and when they were taking her home they put her in the backseat of their car and they tried to avoid highways so that they wouldn't get into a- an accident mm-hmm. just because they can't trust the thing that's in their backseat yes and even though Which is fucking wild yeah, to think yeah. that like mm, this doll in the back seat can't take highways. It might try to crash us. It might kill us. Yeah. So they took back roads. And even though they took back roads, their brakes kept stalling mm. and even like failed multiple times. So they almost still crashed. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yes. So because of this. Ed took some holy water and threw it on her, and then supposedly it all stopped. Mm-hmm. And they could they brought her to their house safely. Once they got to their house, they first tried to put Annabelle in Ed's study, but apparently she was levitating and moving around the house. Yeah, because all you did is move her from one space to another space without containing. Yeah. So they said even when placed in a locked building outside, she would still end up in their house. Yeah. So with that, they decided to then make the very infamous box box that she's in mm-hmm. with specially made glass and wood just for her, where on the inside they put the Lord's Prayer. And apparently for the rest of Ed's life, he said a binding prayer mm-hmm. on the case and the doll and so like, that it remained trapped. I saw something where it's like uh, twice a month it, a priest would come and bless yes, it. Yes. So I want to talk about some things that happened to other people even oh, after. It. Yeah. So there was a priest who was visiting the Warren's Museum. Picked Annabelle up. Did he open the... Is this before she was concealed? Or post-concealing. I guess this was post-conceal. Like, I don't really know. How did a bitch open a... Con- th- I guess the, he opened it or something. S- it's not people. very specific, but I guess... Some people are Whichever. Just... Maybe it wasn't in the box yet, but he picked it up and basically was like, ha, this is demonic? Nah. 
No. And Ed was like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's, you just pissed it off. That's really dangerous. Um, You're making But the fun priest was something. like, whatever. And then on the on his way home, he was... He, he almost died in a car crash <laughs> on his way home and totaled his brand new car. Deserved. A little bit. Don't fuck around and find out. You literally are a fucking priest. You literally preach to everybody else about demons and dangerous things in the universe. And then yes. you're like, fuck you. So, but right before he crashed, he said that he saw Annabelle in his in his mirror in the backseat. Do not fuck around and find out. Don't fuck around and find out. But if but you know, and then there's that part of me that says fuck around and find out. Please. Please fuck around and find out because mm-hmm. I want to see what happens. I will not be the As person a, to fuck around and find out because I, will I know not better. Be, but I will watch you fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Years later, another person came to visit the doll. And he, like, tapped on the glass mm. and was making fun of it. And, like, oh, people really believe in Annabelle. Ha, ha, ha. It's always these dumb fucks. <sighs> yes. And it was him and his girlfriend. Ah. And on their way home, he was riding a motorcycle with him and his girlfriend. And apparently, while they were laughing about it on the motorcycle, they crashed. Uh-huh. Dude died. Dude died. Dude died. And his girlfriend just barely survived. You know, he was killed instantly because so, they went head like head first into a tree. Sometimes um, maybe don't be stupid. If there's a whole lore around a thing that is like death, destruction, horrible, horrific things, maybe don't antagonize it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe just don't. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe just don't. It's behind a fucking box. Warning. Positively do not open with like three lines under open and one under warning. Damn. <laughs> just looking at her makes my jaw hurt. Because she's yeah a creature that's been... I want to throw up. <laughs> you know, touted for years. It's because it's because she's a Raggedy Ann doll. Yes. And I was actually going to talk about that. So obviously the, the doll within Annabelle, she's a child size haunted doll mm-hmm. with real lifelike features which ties into that you know uh yeah the film something valley uncanny valley uncanny valley yeah Sh- the, the physical doll that's used in the films is supposed to be a lifelike remembrance yes. doll of yes. the daughter yeah versus what the actual doll is which is yes the raggedy ann doll um so so real annabelle child's toy exaggerated features plush body parts uh that's like the actual one like the real annabelle doll but the movie you know we sell Ann- R- raggedy ann dolls at my work you know in my closet yeah yo i remember <laughs> your fucking closet at the house that shit was a nightmare demon i swear you had a doll you had a doll just kind of shoved up in the fucking corner it's a raggedy ann bro. and just fucking had it sitting up there the like crazy a thing is worst. it was me and my dad were doing a marathon of these movies and i think we had just finished watching one of the annabelle dolls and I don't know what spurred you to go look in your fucking closet. No, not that. I was just in my closet, like, looking for clothes. I don't know what spurred me to, to make look me look up. up. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know why I decided it was the stare. to it was look stare. up. And all of a sudden, I noticed that I have a fucking Raggedy Ann doll up in my closet that I had never noticed in my entire life. Like, why after we're watching <laughs> an entire, like... Literal film about this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. but yeah the real like or not the real the doll from the movie inspired by vintage handmade dolls 
with porcelain and real hair and like the yeah. glass eyes yeah to be very uncanny valley so yeah it's just you know a they're lot very of those, different a lot of those vintage dolls sometimes those really old vintage dolls uh especially ones that are meant to look like children specifically the ones that have passed sometimes we'll use the real hair from the kids that's disgusting yeah. yeah, sorry if you even like dolls, even like but clothes that's so from the kids, like or that. Like, I get that some people might use that to cope. Yeah, and I mean you have to think it's like older stuff. It's just like how in fucking certain ma- mausoleums they would make um, yeah. braids and decorative pieces in the mausoleums that mm-hmm. are actually just made out of the hair of the person. Yes, which is fucking wild. <laughs> it's real nasty. Uh huh. Or like lockets that would have hair in them or. You know, mementos and shit that had made out of hair. Yeah. I find it very interesting, though, that... Because you have to think about it. So, in Annabelle, Annabelle is given to Mia as a gift. Yeah. And she's a part of a set, which means Mr. Higgins created that set. Because he's the one that made that original doll. Yeah. So, he made the other two that are on the wall if you think about it but like i didn't even look that up like it kind of just hit me that it's like well if those dolls are part of a set then obviously no not higgins mullins i'm thinking of the real annabelle higgins like the actual real story um the mullins family from annabelle creation mr mullins was a doll maker yeah therefore he would have had to make the rest of the set that you see in the annabelle yeah which maybe he did for his daughter and it was just that was the one that was meant to look like her the most. Mm-hmm. I think so. I would assume. I mean, especially with the braids and stuff. Yeah. I think that was the doll that was supposed to look like her. And then just other dolls. Because did he make the... I can't remember if he made the dolls before or after her her death. Because I feel like the doll already existed. Here's the thing. In the and first scene the of Annabelle creation, like, is him making a doll? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's the Annabelle doll. So I think he made it like literally just before, just before. Okay. she had died. So maybe the other two dolls already existed and this was supposed to be a doll that was like special for her. Yeah. That was supposed to look like her. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Piece them together the world. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I'm going to talk about just a couple one star reviews. All righty. Uh, this first one, the title got mm-hmm. me. It says Barbie and Ken get a doll for a threesome what disgusting that's gross um and then it goes seriously the young couple look just like the barbie and ken dolls he's a handsome and he's handsome and boring and she's pretty and boring and so is this so-called horror movie apart from the movie itself being boring and predictable the couple act moronically throughout the movie okay okay Mm -hmm. and then there's like six different bullet points of things Mm-hmm. It's like, why would anybody want a creepy doll like Annabelle in the first place? Two, after they move to the apartment after the first hauntings, the doll is in a moving box even though Ken threw it away. And Barbie is not freaked out by this at all and decides to keep the doll? Okay, point, 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 point for that one. If you literally were attacked and you think it was this thing's fault, why did you keep it? Yeah. Like, even if you saw that it existed in your stuff again, just chuck yeah. it. Bye. Three, after Barbie and Ken and the cliche priest <laughs> finds out that the doll is possessed by a demon, they don't destroy the doll, which would probably destroy the demon as well, as you were saying. Yeah. No, Barbie. No, Barbie throws it around and yells at it. 
And the priest takes the doll with him to his church where he's almost killed by the demon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got some points, You've but got it was points. still a good movie, personally. Four, as for the exercising couple that is not even in the movie, they're boring as well. And a franchise about that couple seems like a really bad idea. Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's yeah. what they're talking about. I, yeah. I just got that. The exercising couple keep the doll in a glass box to keep the demon trapped. Again, destroy the doll and destroy the demon. <laughs> Six, why did this movie get an R rating? There's no blood in it. No nudity. No swearing. That's a good question. There is a bit of blood because two people get knocked out by the demon and, like, their head is pulling blood, so. Yeah, but no worse than, like, Avengers. Yeah. And them mudfuckers definitely did not get our ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from a, a few creepy scenes and only one good scare, this movie isn't worth watching. If you like horror movies with dolls, and these those movies certainly can be creepy, I recommend Dead Silence. Directed by James Wan that produced this garbage. <laughs> oh. Why are you going to praise him and then shit on him? Shit on him. Okay. Eh, whatever. My younger sister and I visited a movie theater during a family trip to New Hampshire. And while the trip was fun, this movie certainly wasn't. I'm not a fan of James Wan or The Conjuring Universe, but my sister certainly is. And she did not want to visit a movie theater in a town she was not familiar with at all at around 9 p.m. Okay. Okay. So as her responsible and much larger plus intimidating looking older brother. No, that can't be fucking in there. <laughs> I can't be in there. I went with her. It absolutely is. You cannot fucking be. It's in, okay. and it's in parentheses. Oh, my God. So okay. as her responsible older brother, the parentheses is, so as her responsible and much larger, plus intimidating looking older brother, why would you, com- like, tell you that about yourself weird. while you are saying that you are a brother? That is so fucking cringy. I'm sorry. Anyway, next. Both of us left the theater laughing. I'm not going to crucify James Wan because he was not the director of this mess of a film, but he does have a hand in the crime because he produced it. He's not the murderer, nor did he plan the crime, but he did drop off the murderer at the location where the murderer could hide the body. <laughs> I just like that analogy. I like that, that was analogy. actually kind of clever. Aside from the cringe, that was not bad. Yeah, that was not bad. That was funny. So, yeah, those were just a couple of one-star. There was a lot, but a lot of them were, like, actually serious because a lot of people dove into this and, like, were like, this movie was terrible for this, 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 Yeah, this. like I like, said, a lot of people did not like this movie. Yeah. A lot is, of people did not like this movie. Which is really sad. But that's, that's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what we got. And it's got. all because of the movie we're about to talk about, which is The Conjuring. This story begins in a familiar way with two girls... Camilla and Debbie, confiding in Ed and Lorraine Warren about a haunted doll named Annabelle. We learn that the Warrens are sharing this story in a demonology class, as they are said to be the world's most renowned paranormal investigators. Next, we see the Perrin family of seven and their dog moving into a farmhouse in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, in 1971. While settling into their new home, the girls decide to play a game called Hide and Clap where one of the girls ends up busting through a wall in the closet to unveil a creepy, dusty basement. Side note, we have to play hide and clap. No! No. Like, have to. No. That sounds amazing. It's like when we would play Monster. Monster? Yeah. 
turn all the lights off or werewolf. Oh, well. Similar concept. It's just, you know. Okay, but like this like one Manhunt. is actually in a horror movie. Yeah. And I don't want to be locked. Which is why we have to play, with, play it. I feel like, well, maybe if we could get a group of people. Is hide and clap. <gasps> followers. All of our, like, having a fucking hide and clap game with our followers. Fuck. Oh my fucking God. That'd be amazing. It'd be amazing, but I'd also be terrified that one of y'all would want to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Please don't. Please don't, but, you know, shit happens. Anyway. Hey, at least it'd be a feature film <laughs> called Hide and Clap. Oh. <laughs> mm. Based on a real story, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not giving you guys any ideas. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Alrighty. So. Strange things begin to happen as the family dog ends up died. I'm going to say this exactly. Strange things begin to happen as the family dog ends up died outside. I told you I didn't spell check. No, you did not. <laughs> Strange things begin to happen as the family dog ends up dead outside. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> wet mouth. Your wet ass mouth. Your wet ass mouth. <laughs> There's spit all over the mic. Your wham. It's her wham. <laughs> My what? Your wham. Instead of your wap, it's your wham. <laughs> Your wet ass mouth. <laughs> out of pocket. Wham. Out of pocket. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though she had refused to go into the house. One of the girls starts to sleepwalk. Another keeps getting pulled by her feet while she's sleeping. Not a <laughs> fucking fan. That is absolutely terrifying that i think scared me the most when i was watching this for not, the first time. not cool not cool like the way also she's... why the fuck are you out from like maybe you're hot but like why are your feet out from i under always the covers? wondered that people who sleep with their feet out of the blanket actually, are fucking psychos they're chaos like you also want... she was completely out of her covers she didn't even sleep in her covers. there was like a bit that she was covered by but it was like she was basically it was basically sheets and it was just over her midsection. She was bare-toeing it. I'm like, bare you know toeing what? It. You were asking for it. You were it. asking to be yanked. Absolutely asking for it. And then, okay, but it just absolutely scared me when she, like, gets pulled and then looks under her bed, like, dumb, dumb. Dumb. And then sees the entity in the corner by the door. Uh-huh. And then her sister goes to check it. Yes. Ugh. Worst. Ugh. Because she turns and then the door fucking things. Slams shut and they're all just screaming their fucking heads off. Nope. No, thank you. Anyway. Mrs. Perrin has bruises all over her body and birds fly into the side of the house, killing themselves. Finally, Mrs. Perrin gets mysteriously pushed down the stairs of the basement and locked inside while two of the girls are attacked by what looks to be a demonic entity. Bathsheba. This is the last straw to get Mrs. Perrin to seek out the Warrens to come take a look at their house. She finds them teaching another seminar about an exorcism they had done on a familiar Frenchman, Maurice. Poor guy. Apparently he killed he him. Just, like, this exorcism killed him. He just has no fucking luck. We were... Mm, we've already gone over the nun too. That shit just breaks your heart because you're like, maybe he has hope. No. No. If you watch these in release order, you know he's dead. You know he's dead. You know he's dead. And it's so sad. You know he's still possessed and he Mm -hmm. dies from it. Yep. Instead of fucking in The Nun 2 
which is one of the most recent releases, and yeah. it's like it makes it seem like oh no, he's he gonna can live have a nice a life family. and a little family. No. 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 No, motherfucker. You hoped and your heart was shit hoard. Yes. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. After investigating the house, Lorraine tells Mr. and Mrs. Perrin about what she discovered. She says that there is a dark entity that has latched itself onto the family and is now feeding off of them. They decide that the house and the family need an exorcism and that they need to gather evidence to give to the church so that they can perform one. While doing research on the land, the Warrens discovered that a woman named Bathsheba Sherman had sacrificed her baby, then hung herself on the tree outside of the farmhouse, proclaiming her love to Satan and cursing anyone who lived on the land. They also discovered many other tragic accidents that have happened on the land since Bathsheba's death. Question. Yes. Was she, is, was that her, her birth name? Yes. Who the fuck <laughs> names their kids? And there's an actual like, they woman. Don't, like, like, there's a real life woman named Bathsheba, and I will go into that later. Like, but. you dead ass don't think. Uh, let me, I'm a, because you know, these people at this time are probably like people of the cloth, people of the, of the load. <laughs> yep. And they're like, let me give my child the most demonic name possible. Bathsheba. Yeah. yeah. Bathsheba Sherman. Well, Sherman is her married name. Then I don't want to know what her fucking maiden name is. Oh, I don't know. But she married this guy named Jetson Sherman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's like so. Bathsheba death metal. <laughs> Swear to God. Maybe she was just ahead of her time, bro. <laughs> she was ahead of something. Of a fucking death cult. <laughs> that is not the name of a normal human. That's, no, it's the that's name that's of a demonic entity. MFers who are like, <laughs> I joined a cult. My name was Edward. And now my name is Lord blah, 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 blahs. And I'm like go off my dude but you know that's not your name you are fucking edward and you need to deal with it you are not lord beelzebub i'm sorry yeah that name's taken no this is her actual name it's like her family well she is descendant upon supposedly like witches from salem so so you're saying she gets a pass <laughs> she gets a pass for a weird fucking name i want to know what her mom's name is <laughs> I, I don't think i have that information Fuck. i want to know what her parents names are if her if her parents' names are like Joseph and 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 Catherine, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. You didn't have any normal name to give your child, but Bathsheba, really? I got nothing about her parents. It just says she. Oh, if, her her maiden name was Thayer, Bathsheba Thayer. Still, they gave her a fucking psycho name. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is a movie. And not real events. So just hold off for what I have to say for actual history. We'll see. We shall see. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. Spoiler warning. Skip ahead. The Warrens and their team are now staying at the farmhouse to help the Perrin family. They set up all of their paranormal hunting equipment and wait for something to happen. One day, while Mrs. Perrin and Lorraine are at the house by themselves, when Mrs. Perrin is attacked and possessed by Bathsheba playing it off as if she had just gotten a little sick. Lorraine Bitch threw up in your mouth. What do you mean? Again, why the fuck? I hate it when they do that. Do they I mean, do that? it was blood. It was like blood. Like she put blood in her mouth, but it was still, still like, fucking gross. that's disgusting. Still gross. Nasty. Lorraine goes to investigate a space behind a wall upstairs and ends up falling through the floor down to the basement. Lorraine is then attacked by the spirit 
and learns that Bathsheba possessed all the mothers that have moved to the land in order to kill the children. Suddenly, one of the other girls is also attacked and pulled by her hair across the room. The team gets this interaction on camera and sends it off to the church immediately, while the Perrin family stays at a hotel. Which is really dumb, since considering in the movie they were like, oh, no matter where you go... It's, it's going to follow you. It's going to follow you. But so clearly a single night in a hotel. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No events happening. But I guess it's because they learn later that it was like, oh, it's because she cursed anybody who moved to the land or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. The church takes too fucking long to respond, and Mrs. Perrin ends up taking her two youngest daughters back to the house. Mr. Perrin calls the Warrens, and they all gather back to the house to stop Mrs. Perrin from murdering her daughters. Mm-hmm. A little issue with that. Mr. Perrin... What the fuck? Where you at, bro? If you know that your wife is fucking acting weird, <laughs> maybe don't let her take your children without saying anything and yeah. just driving off. Yeah. If you know creepy shit has been happening around you guys, mm-hmm. like you absolutely could. Like, why the that. fuck did she want to take her kids back to the house? Obviously, she maybe just maybe just don't let her. He probably didn't know that that's where she was going. But you can put two and two fucking together. Yeah, you, you can put two and you two. You can put two and two together. Yeah. Oh, because if. The the Warrens were giving them all of this information. Yeah. They should know. Yeah. And if they weren't, shame on them. Agreed. Anyway. The team tries to get Mrs. Perrin to the church for the exorcism, but she ends up burning when they try to take her from the house. Ed decides he must do the exorcism on Mrs. Perrin, or the witch will kill her. The youngest daughter has hidden under the floor of the kitchen, and Mrs. Perrin escapes the exorcism to go find her. Right before Mrs. Perrin can stab her daughter with a pair of scissors... Lorraine reaches out and tells her to be strong and to think of her favorite memory with her family, snapping her out of the trance and expelling Bathsheba. The family's now safe and everyone rejoices. The end. <laughs> it's such an abrupt ending. It's like, well. It is. It's also like, also, all it took was, hey, remember something happy about your life. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm cured. You're cured. <laughs> <laughs> it exorcism not necessary exorcism be damned like who cares that you just literally just broke all your think bones. of something happy yeah and you're good <laughs> that's fuck it <laughs> you're so, feeling down you're feeling a little weird you're you know crawling on the ceiling and down the stairs just think of something happy and you'll be exercised the fucking words run out of my mouth but made it so much better <laughs> crawling on the ceiling yes fucking... if you're feeling a little possessed you just, know you know if your head's turning and you're spitting pea soup fucking just Think of a happy memory and your ass will be fine. You will just be right as rain. And you'll be like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know? It's like it's like the fucking Snickers commercials. It's the, you know, oh, yeah. you're not, you're not you're you, not you when, you're hungry. when you're hungry. You're not you when you don't think happy thoughts. Yeah, you're not you when you, you're, you're demon possessed. <laughs> so, you know, fuck. Be happy. Shit. You need to listen to that song more often. Be happy. Don't worry. Yeah. Be happy. Mm-hmm. You know? all righty so this movie was released july 19th 2013 yes directed by james wan the very first movie of the conjuring series to ever come out and distributed by warner bros picture Mm -hmm. the music is by joseph bishara produced by joseph bathsheba (laughs) i know uh produced by tony Derosa grund Peter Saffron and Rob Cohen. And then the budget was 20 million. 
What was our box office? Our box office was almost three hundred and twenty million. Wow! So they did good. I remember they did do good. Oh, <laughs> I'm about to call some people out right now. Okay, go for it. I remember my little eleven year old self. Mm-hmm. I was friends with a person mm-hmm. who was friends with other people, and I I don't know what happened. I feel like I was just chilling at her house. Was it druggy or chicken shit? You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> I, uh, could, I could say that and I'm the only one who knows. <laughs> well, and other than your parents, but they sh- And also know. once I tell this story, like okay. You can use the nicknames. It you was, can it was I I've never once called her this in my life, but it, it was druggy. <laughs> gotcha. It was druggy. You can just call her that. That's fine. Um <laughs> No one knows what we're talking about right now. <laughs> no, and they don't have to, but they can understand that we are talking about two different people who are not great humans. And, well, one of them was a misunderstanding. You know, well, it's not like they did anything to stand up against it, so. Which is why Fair. they got the name Chicken Shit. <laughs> just, and yeah, we all just knew where the other one was going. my fucking point. Okay, so basically i guess i don't remember exactly how this was happening but i guess i was just at druggie's house waiting for druggie and her friends to get back and i think but i might be remembering this wrong and you were fucking 11 i was 11 point is all of a sudden we're all hanging out and the three of them had all watched the movie and they're all older than me yeah like by a good year or two because that was it was it druggy chicken shit and then some other no, rando no chicken shit wasn't even in the picture yet. oh so it was just two other randos. i was did you know the other randos or were they like sort, sort of. of i knew did them go, because like, school? of school i knew them because of druggy gotcha <laughs> um, and not like because of school correct gotcha okay correct chicken shit was in the picture but like they haven't really not met prominent yet. enough like we were still close but it wasn't gotcha like they didn't know each other so gotcha separate so, Druggie and her friends, I had never really, the only horror movies I'd ever really seen was, like, Jaws. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. You were a creature flip. And I was really scared about all of the, because mm-hmm. I vividly remember all of the advertising that this movie had done. Oh, yeah. And so, like, any mention of it, like, really freaked me out. Gotcha. And then they, they came back from the movie and then tormented me. And they were sitting there like, Annabelle's going to come get you. Like, she's going to come get you. And then talking about, like, the conjuring shit and, like, actually freaking me out, like, scaring me. And I was like, wow. you bitches. I am, like, 10. Yeah. I'm a baby. Yeah. What do you want from me? I remember being very young. No, and- I was 10 because I had not yet turned 11. Ah, because this was July. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, God, what was it? When I was very, very young. Yeah. Younger than you at, at your age at that time. Yeah. Uh, was us watching... The Grudge. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember distinctly hiding behind the couch cushions. <laughs> yep. Like we were in the fucking couch. We enveloped into the couch. Mm-hmm. And her mom was just in the other room and allowed us to watch it. We were way too young to be watching it. But we did. I just, I think it's real messed up because kids are mean. Oh, yeah. And oh, even yeah. though I tried to sit there and be like, I don't want to hear it. Like children are demons. Yes. They're just, there's a certain age they reach and they're just demonic beings filled with hatred vitriol and are merciless and don't care about your feelings correct but besides that in like fifth grade um, Ooh, it starts earlier than that babe for me personally that's where all my trauma comes from all elementary correction i will correct that i literally blacked out all of my fourth grade year um that's me for my second and third Third wasn't too bad no fourth grade and absolutely the worst 
I had a fairly okay school experience. Fourth grade on, it was pure fucking bliss because I got away from all those shitty effing people in elementary Fourth school. Fourth grade, so. I got, uh, fifth grade is when I got rid of, got away from all of the people yeah. who yeah. made me black out well, yeah. all uh, of fourth it's grade. It's because I, I moved schools, so I got away from them Same. completely. Same. Aw, bonding. And then someone who, a dude I had a crush on who went to that school, moved to my school. Okay. Worked out. Nice. And then I got a crush on someone else entirely. So you said that and my brain went to all the trauma that I have from my elementary school crushes because a lot of people teased me about things like that. And then would also, some of the people that I didn't have a crush on, they would tease me about having a crush on them because like, it was real stupid. It was real stupid. Oh, I don't know. Nine times out of ten, like, I went to, like, an art school as yeah. a kid. So yeah. it was Not a... a bunch of fucking theater dudes. So it was, you know. Yeah. The runtime is a little longer. It's almost two hours with 112 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. So really That's good. good. That's good. Really good. Um, so our main actors, I love. Mm-hmm. Vera Farminga, who played Lorraine Warren. Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren. Joseph Bishara as Bathsheba, Lily Taylor as Carolyn Perrin, and somebody is Roger Perrin. Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't get his name. No, I didn't. And that is fine. All right. Tell me a little bit behind the scenes. All righty. So, obviously, directed James Wan. What? And the cinematographer was John R. I'm going to say it wrong again. Leonetti. Leonetti. F- fabulous. Um, so, okay. So they shot the house, particularly its upstairs floors, so that the camera glided along through its many rooms and uh, as an, like, an unseen intruder in the lives of the, of the haunted family members. The way that they filmed it was like intentionally kind of as this like weird entity feeling. Um, and then uh, the production designer, Julie Berghoff, and art director, Jeffrey S. Grimsman. If we make it through this movie uh-huh. or through this episode without me fucking up the names, I take that as a win. <laughs> you know? And set director, Sophie Neufdorfer. Door sniffer? Door sniffer? Hey, door sniffer. Sheepcock clock. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd remember me. <laughs> oh, old Cotty. <laughs> Mr. Claude. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they built the, per- the the Pearson house using um, the film. Did you, just, did you just blow on your armpit? <laughs> Is that what just happened? I'm sweaty. What the fuck is this episode? What is going on? I don't know, but I'm here for the chaos. I really am. And Uh, you should be too. Ooh, I should probably put deodorant on. (laughs) You know. Deodorant break. (laughs) They built the Perrin house Mm -hmm. used in the film Mm -hmm. from the ground up. Yeah. And filled it with. You mean they didn't use the original house? No, I'm just kidding. They built the house. Yeah, I know. And filled it with period appropriate appliances, photos, and toys that felt used and loved. And perhaps most importantly, that don't look scary. So they intentionally made sure that the house didn't look scary. They kept everything like as if it would look like how it would look. I mean, I 
guess if you, you know, didn't place the house in a dark setting for the entire fucking movie. <laughs> well, it's the idea that, like, it was a unintended experience, you know? And then... Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, they didn't purposefully have scary things in there to make it feel eerie. Like, they used the, like, actual... Yeah, like what it would be in the time. And then Julie Berghoff, production designer, and Jeffrey S. Uh, Grimsman and Sophie, again, handled this challenge. Their answer is to actually... So they filled the house with little totems of the characters... So viewers always recognize, say, the master bedroom shared by the parents or the bedroom shared by the family's two older daughters. Mm -hmm. This lets viewers know, you know, which family member uh, the ghost is targeting. Yeah. And then often on an almost subconscious level, it's a big part of why the movie doesn't degenerate into the confusing mess it could have been with so many family members so yeah it wasn't like it did it like separated them very well yeah and it didn't make it feel confusing like as the to, older like, the daughter layout. had her own bedroom and that's where the wardrobe was and then exactly. you have nancy and what's her face and the other one where she got pulled in the leg exactly and then you have like the other two you can ones. actually like really you can follow where everything is in the home yeah granted and, i've seen this movie a bunch of times yeah still. So. and then obviously so rob cohen sent actual documents from some of the Warrens' past cases, including photographs, newspaper clips, clippings, and audio files. And they built an archive of all of that ephemera, a library from which to pull for a yet-to-be-determined concept. And they discussed the fact that the Warrens are not only demonologists, but also researchers and educators. So a lot of those documents, if you remember... Kind of like, I think it's at the beginning of the film where they're showing like different films and yeah. different strips and yes. stuff like that. Those are from the actual like Warren's stuff. Mm -hmm. And then obviously this is set in 1971 Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And it was actually up to Burke to recreate the fashion of the late 60s and early I 70s. I love um, with a subtle flair and I love Lorraine's style. Oh, yeah. I just do. Oh, She's yeah. She's so cute in every shot. Wait till you hear something about Annabelle Comes Home, and that's going to be fascinating okay. when, you, when you learn about it. Because mm -hmm. it has to do with clothing. So they didn't want it to distract from the film's drama. Because it's in the time of, like, miniskirts, bell-bottoms, huge flares, and the overbearing presence of the 60s hippie craze mm -hmm. burke successfully adapted the high fashion trends and toned them down to a level to suit to the working class roots of the Pirin family while retaining that little something without the fashion cliches they've you, like you see it all the time when people try to do like older styles yeah so this one felt like real it didn't feel it did as, like, it really did it, it like felt like a historical and with like like if, if you took out all of the haunting stuff it would feel like a like a period piece it would feel more accurate to like a period piece yes go for it so bathsheba mm -hmm. this witch entity that they have put in the movie yes so an actual history bathsheba was bathsheba thayer before she married Jedson Sherman. She was born in 
1812, I believe. And apparently she was, she had a really good childhood. Like it was fine. And she was very beautiful. And then she got married at 32 in 1844, which is a little strange for that Mm -hmm. time. Like that's a little later in life but quote you know, quote older she yeah. would be considered uh more on the spinsters side which yeah. is wild but mm-hmm. yeah but her husband had a produce business on a 200 acre farm mm-hmm. in rhode island obviously because that's yeah where it takes place but then everybody was like oh shit this girl's a threat because she was babysitting her neighbor's son when he mysteriously died he just mysteriously died yeah um so it's immediately point fingers and say you killed my kid so local doctors said that the child's skull had been impaled with a small tool like a needle okay yeah even though Bathsheba was like the last one to see the boy like the case never went to court like it was kind of just dismissed huh which made everybody angry yeah people with pitchforks yes But also, the other part of that is that apparently Bathsheba had not one, but four children. Okay. However, because of the conditions of, um, you know, Rhode Island during that time, the cold and stuff, none of them made it past, like, the age of seven. Yeah. Yeah. Life expectancy, Um, not fantastic. Yeah. So, it wasn't great. And although the movie makes it seem like she hung herself, she actually just died of natural causes in... Uh, 1885 from a paral from paralysis from a stroke oh yeah so pretty she never even lived in the house like on that Hmm. farm like i guess she lived in a different house like on that land but obviously time goes on yeah land's divided whatever so that was pretty much sherman and then i have a lot on like the real family yeah although Oh, yeah, because I saw something about, like, I guess there was, like, an interview about them talking about the film Mm. and, like, their parts of it, like, what characters represented them and all that kind of stuff, and so. It's, I'm not gonna lie to you, (laughs) their stuff isn't really 100% that interesting. Yeah. Because when you go and you take a person's life and then you dramatize it exactly the word i was looking for yes uh obviously the original story is not going to be as exciting yeah yeah but uh the parent family said that bathsheba was not even the main antagonist antagonist in their house they believe it was a woman uh mrs arnold who was tormenting them they do believe that bathsheba that they encountered her Mm. but she wasn't the main entity or the one responsible for everything they went but through. But for the same reason why I said Bathsheba is a fucking insane name. Mm-hmm. That's why they went with Bathsheba instead of Miss Arnold. Yes. Miss um, Arnold is actually the one who hung herself. Ah, so they combined stories. Yeah. And apparently she was a... Yeah, they combined stories. And apparently they haunted the family. And they saw her as like a woman with a broken neck. So uh, mm. she was hanging in the barn in 1797. So this is way before... Very Hill House. Yes. Yes. So this was a woman who died 100 years before Bathsheba died. Yeah. So the story of the dog is also a little different. So the eldest parent sister, she was out walking her dog and the dog pulled away from her and then ran into Mm. traffic 
Whereas in the movie, it's... Yeah. So, where in the movie, it's like just some unseen force killed it. Apparently, this death happened before they even moved into the... Oh, the dog? Into the house. Yeah. Gotcha. And, but the interesting thing is the dog's name. So, and here's the story of that. They got their dog three years before they went and bought the house. Okay. They got the dog because apparently their mom, like, found the dog, grabbed the dog, and apparently there was, like, a moment where she closed her eyes and then opened them and then said Bathsheba, which is, you know, the witch on there Oh, that had been That's crazy. haunting them. So they abbreviated it to Sheba, and they didn't know about Bathsheba from the house. Wow. Yeah. How the fuck do you come up with that name? I don't know. On the spot. You were asking about fucking insane her parents i couldn't tell you how do you come up with that with a dog how do you just be like mm, bath sheba yeah sheba for short mm-hmm. anyway in real life ed and lorraine warren like the children didn't even know who they were yeah they did, had no idea who they were yeah um apparently somebody had reached out like somebody else had reached out to the warren family yeah who wasn't the parent family and was like, and they showed up the night before Halloween because one of a family friend contacted them, said the parents needed their help, gave them the address, and they showed up the night before Halloween because they were like, oh, the veil between the haunted world and the spirit world is super thin. So yeah. we'll be able to communicate with the spirits more. All of the birds that were flying around and killing themselves, mm-hmm. it was actually bats. Oh. It was bats in real life and instead of laughing being heard throughout the house yeah which i actually think this would have been a lot scarier is that they heard children crying or wailing Ugh. yeah yeah no so they weren't performing an exorcism on caroline it was just a seance to like get the ghosts out yeah and apparently roger mr perrin was totally against it he was like i don't want to do the seance, they basically pushed the seance on to the family. Yeah. And so Roger, like, threw the Warrens out of the house, like, after he had decked Ed in the face. <laughs> yeah, he just punched him right in the face. Yeah. So the Warrens believe that the seance was necessary to protect Carolyn, who they thought was being oppressed by the spirit. However, it had, like, the opposite effect. Like, it just yeah. it made things a lot worse because she... It drained her energy so badly that she slept in bed most of the time for about two years. Wow. Yeah. It caused her a lot of depression. So, it was crazy. It was crazy. But yeah, they wouldn't have done an exorcism because Ed wouldn't have been able to do that. Like, he was not a priest. Because the Ed and Lorraine Warren of the Conjuring universe are better people than the real than the real ones and i will definitely go into that in next episode yeah because when we really get into both that's the other two conjurings yeah. because that's really has more to do that's with the thicker them. conjuring stuff yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's all i got for that one that was a lot though so on to some one star reviews pos but you might like it if you're a misogynistic christian ideologue who wouldn't know a good film if it bit you on the bible belt that's a lot of bees. Mm-hmm. If you have any doubts, just compare this stink burger to Poltergeist or The Exorcist, which are brilliantly conceived, well-written, and intelligently directed films on the same topic, also set in the 70s. Or The Birds, since these doofuses decided to have a bunch fly around 
and at the house for no particular reason. Out of a mess of horribly written lines, I think my favorites are, A haunting can be like getting gum on your shoe, and she's heading toward the house. She smells like rotten meat. Since no one in the film could act, though, the bad script doesn't matter that much, and it's so predictable that you can tell every single time something's about to jump out or appear or drop in. The only real horror in this film is that something is badly made got into the theaters. Mm. Yeah. That was a lot of words. That was a lot of words. Stink burger. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Doofuses. Bible belt. To name a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I hate The Exorcist, and not because it's scary. I think it's a stupid fucking movie. Like, whereas me, I I get where you're coming from. Trauma. However, I watched it a little later in life. Yeah, you did. And watching it, I don't understand how it's so. I guess back when it came out. Yeah, and it depends on the version. There are more than one version. There's the original version, and then there's the version that I think most of us have seen. I don't care about what version came out. I think it's all stupid. This is my opinion. I'm not going to apologize for it. It Poltergeist is good. Poltergeist is good. I can say that one. Poltergeist is good. Exorcist, so bad. So bad. Just plot, bad. Acting, bad. Special effects, the worst part of that whole film um it's just not a good one and so the fact that they were like brilliantly conceived well-written intelligently directed films no for the time i guess but the fact that it's that he's saying that right now no yeah no yeah yeah that's my opinion because the conjuring movies are the conjuring movies are very well done yeah on to the next <sighs> next cliche predictable This was honestly very, very, very boring to me. Just about every cliche and trope that has been in a horror film is on full display in this waste of time. Satan, blah, blah, blah. Crazy lady who loves Satan, blah, blah, blah. Evil spirits, blah, blah, blah. Only faith can save them, blah, blah. Scary shadow, blah, blah. I don't even want to finish this because I I don't care about your blah, 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 blah. I really don't. Anyway, he said, this movie was so boring I couldn't even finish it. I couldn't even... I couldn't believe the hype and positive reviews this movie got, let alone the cult following. (laughs) Only someone who has never, ever seen a horror movie in their entire life would be scared or interested in this one. This is also not a true story and has been over-exaggerated or embellished beyond recognition. Do yourself a favor, Wikipedia the actual occurrence, and you will see for yourself that this story, even a fictional one, is lame as all get out. I mean, their budget would tell you otherwise. Right. On cult I don't think you comprehend what a cult film is. A cult film is not this. Sorry, it's not. A cult film is something that was maybe not received well in the beginning and then became this extremely was, popular. No, this movie was very but like much amongst a very well. specific group of people. Um, it was received very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And okay, you got me with that one. Only someone who has never ever seen a horror film in their entire life. Okay, may- this maybe have been like the second or third horror film I'd ever seen. Yes. However, but okay, so yes, here's the problem with mentioning all the tropes is that there's always going to be some level of tropes in every fucking film you watch. Yeah, I could. I don't know what your favorite films are, but I guarantee you, I could probably bring in tropes that are the same things for all of them. Agreed. So. There's only so much you can do by, like, bitching about certain tropes that people use because there really is often nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of reiterating other things. Facts. Yeah. I don't know, man. Blah, 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 I guess. <laughs> and we will move on to the next one. 
which is Annabelle Comes Home. For the third time, we see the same two girls talking to Ed and Lorraine Warren about the Annabelle doll. For some fucking reason, it's three times. In a row. In a fucking row. If you Why? go chronologically. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because technically it's not necessary in the previous one. Not really. It's just, I get it because that one was the very, very first one and they wanted to like. Maybe establish things. At another one. But. I don't know. Yeah. Anywho. This time, the couple takes the doll at the end of the conversation to put her in a safe place where many other items of the paranormal are locked up. The Warren Artifact Room, located in their house. <laughs> the demon room. The demon room. On the way back to their house, Annabelle sits in the back seat very menacingly when suddenly the Warren's car stalls out. When trying to fix it, Ed is almost ran over by a semi-truck that comes out of nowhere, causing Lorraine to realize that the doll is a beacon for other spirits. Dun, dun, dun. Was it the spirit of a fucking semi? <laughs> no. Like, no, he was like, it's a beacon. Okay, no, it's because for other spirits, but it was a semi that almost ran him over. Well, because in that same scene, like they are stopped next to a grade a graveyard, yeah, and she like looks over, and they're all just staring at her. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. The Warrens take extra precaution, putting Annabelle in a glass case and blessing it with a priest. <laughs> Much good that did. I'm not gonna lie, the sentence, the way that it's you said it. It sounds like they took a, a, I can see like a cartoon version of them taking a priest and just waving him <laughs> at the thing, blessing it with a priest, <laughs> just right. waving a priest yes. at it. Yes, <laughs> that is what happened. The Warrens are then called on a business trip, leaving their daughter, Judy, under the care of her babysitter, Mary Ellen. While at school, we see that Judy is sensitive to the paranormal, just like her mother. Mary Ellen wants to celebrate Judy's birthday early, and her friend, Daniela, decides to crash the party. Quotes on party. Uh, yeah, heavy quotes. Asking Judy about all the artifacts that her parents have. Red flag. Immediately. Instant. I'd be like, the fuck do you want? Like, you're some random girl. <laughs> and who... you know about the artifacts? Like, I'm meeting you right now for, for the, the first, first time. time. Mm -mm. And that's all you want to know about. That's okay. some shifty stuff. Yeah. Judy warns Daniela that it's not good for anyone to go inside the artifact room. But when no one is looking, she steals the keys and sneaks inside. Stupid dumb as fuck what is more stupid is the thing that follows and she messes with everything in the room everything everything she literally just touches everything mm -hmm. it's just one rule one room in the house that is a demon artifact room you just don't touch anything you just don't touch anything yeah but the stupidness is still not over i know she then pulls out a picture of her dad and asks for his spirit to make his presence known <laughs> With no luck, Daniela goes to leave, but hears the Annabelle doll fall forward in her case, causing her to unlock it. It like literally a says, idiot. positively, do, do not open. open. Okay, bitch, you deserve it. You deserve it after that point, mm -hmm, 100%. Spoiler warning, skip ahead. 
Later, while the trio is outside, Daniela sees her father's figure in the window of the house and goes to check it out. Mary Ellen goes to check on Daniela while Judy heads upstairs when she's attacked by a woman in a wedding dress that was in the artifact room. Later that night, while Mary Ellen puts Judy to bed, Daniela sneaks back into the artifact room to find the doll missing from her case and continues to mess with the objects in the room. So stupid. I, I just can't believe the stupidity. Like, like I, I really can't. Like, seriously. Like, it's like, on a level, it's like... I understand that you're desperate to, like, see your dad, but, like, you know what's in that room, and you know that there are bad objects bad in objects. that room. So Why would you fuck around with it? So you shouldn't be surprised when suddenly her dad appears, bloodied and blaming her for his death. Mm-hmm. Screaming at her. Yeah. Like, it's your fault. Yeah. Um, Daniela tries to leave, but is trapped inside, getting attacked by all of the artifacts. Deserved. Sorry. I don't know if you have this in here. The artifact that is the most fascinating is the TV. I don't have that in here. The TV is so fascinating. It is, because it kind of tells the future. Yeah. While It's um, wild. While Daniela's in there, she's, like, looking at the TV and then looks away. Like, you can see her looking away in the TV, and then she'll do the same in real life. And, I and then it almost crazy. prophesizes her death. Like, I think it's crazy that you see her, like, get up, because mm-hmm. she hears the phone Mm -hmm. and then goes and picks it up and just well judy barges in before she can answer it exactly like judy's the only thing that saved her in that moment because i think what the tv was doing is being like you're gonna die if you pick up this phone yeah and it's like but she still wasn't getting it exactly it's like okay terrifying because it's literally you're watching it predict your death yeah wild Mm -hmm. meanwhile Mary Ellen is attacked by ghosts, and Judy is woken up by an attack from Annabelle, who turns into a demonic entity. Judy runs out of her room, bumping into Mary Ellen, then finding Daniela in the artifact room. Right before she picks up the phone. Exactly. Literally saving her life. Yeah. Judy knows that the doll is missing from the case and tells the other girls that she wants a soul, which is the reason for everything that is happening. Mind you, I cut a lot out. Um, you did you did from this scene like a, a lot, lot of shit happened a lot of fucking like, like they were attacked but i didn't I, I didn't feel like i had i should write every single thing that they were attacked by yeah and it was hard to pinpoint which ones to essentially add. what happens in like a long sequence of events is that the the thing is is that annabelle woke up and like all brought of- back all of the things that were in the artifact room, or like at least I like said, a beacon. large number of them. It's a she's a beacon, which and is so why. yeah, they're basically traversing the house that is mm-hmm. like essentially being cursed by a shit ton of different yeah. things. There's a bunch. Like there's the samurai one is terrifying. Yeah, there's a samurai warrior guy, uh, armor. That, there's this woman in a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. The feely mealy game. Yeah, there's the werewolf or the the yeah, yeah and then there's. Yeah, there's so many different things. There's the people with the coins. Yes, yes. In their eyes. Yes. Um, it's it's a lot. Like there's, there's a so lot of many stuff. things that are happening. So and this is all this is all in the pursuit of them trying to find Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I added the important part. Which, yeah. Judy yeah. and Mary Ellen go off to find Annabelle, but once they do, Daniela attacks them after being possessed by the girl in the wedding dress. Thinking fast, Judy plays a tape of an exorcism that her father had done, saving Daniela. 
Judy grabs Annabelle to put her back in the box. All the entities from the artifact room attack. It takes all three girls to get Annabelle back in the case and lock it. The evil has been contained and the Warrens come back home to find everything safe and sound. The end. Yeah, like there wasn't a whole lot to this one just in the preface that it's like, oh, it's three girls in a house and they just are getting attacked left and right by different types of spirits. Yeah, and I maybe added one more person in here than maybe you had because you didn't really mention him at all in the synopsis, but the dude... Who's oh, the one who fought the like, boyfriend? The werewolf. Yeah, Mary. Well, not Ellen. boyfriend, but like crush. They ended up dating. They at ended the up end. dating in the end. Um, yeah. Mary Ellen has this crush on a guy, and the guy also has a crush on her, and he ends up like coming in the middle of the night to like sing her a song, but then gets attacked by a werewolf and is yeah. hiding in a chicken coop all night, and that's pretty much until he finally decides to smack the thing in the face with a guitar. Yes. Yeah. And that's pretty much his story. Like I could literally his story. I yeah. It's 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 there's there's three plots going on. There's an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot. A plot yeah. is the Annabelle fucking around doing crazy shit. Yes. Uh, reactivating stuff. Mm-hmm. B plot, there is a a birthday party going on and a C plot that is uh, a dude is has a crush on a girl. Well, there there's kind of like a A point one plot. Where it's like Daniela's dad thing. Oh yeah. So then there's a D plot <laughs> that Daniela. And that her goes dad. with the Annabelle reason though, like why I she's know, fucking but, with shit. You so know. it's kind of one plot, but it splits into two. Yeah. It's yeah because even the birthday one gets solved somehow, where she yeah. suddenly gains a bunch of friends. Yeah. Basically, so um, here's the thing. Because it was so, rumors, right? It was rumors. Daniela has a brother, a younger brother, who is an absolute dick to Judy. Judy. And Daniela basically, by the end of the movie, speaks to her brother and is like, hey, stop being a dick. And like all of the people who are making fun of her actually show up to the party. Because he was like, yo, the one I was who fucking was lying instigating and I was yeah. starting shit. Yeah. And he ends up showing up being like, I'm sorry for all the shit I pulled. Yeah. Yeah. Faux show. And isn't there, I can't remember, is it like the very start of it all, I think, I can't remember, but wasn't it like they opened the door to like the animal spirit girl? Yes. yes. In the very, very beginning. Yeah. Like it's at the very beginning. Yeah. Like right after um, Daniela opens the glass. Yeah. Uh, they order pizza. Because it's still, like, daylight outside. Yeah, it's still daytime. And, like, Mary Ellen hears a knock at the door, opens it, and it's the actual girl from yeah. Annabelle Creation. Yeah. Who was Annabelle. Yeah. And she's, like, tapping on the window. Yeah. Real creepy-like. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, so... And then it just magically disappears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this m- movie is very all over the place. It is. It is. There's a lot happening in the film. Yes. So, this movie was released June 26, 2019 was directed by Gary Doberman. The This is a sequel. It's, it's, not, it's even not even a sequel. sequel. It's like the third movie. It's in... like the third movie that just has Annabelle in it. Yeah. More so. It's the third Annabelle movie. Uh, yeah. Producers James Wan, Peter Saffron, and Christopher Levy. Uh, distributed by Warner Bros. and Warner Bros. Pictures. Uh, their box office is what i have i do not have their budget their budget is absolutely bonkers what was their budget it's 32 million dollars 
Like, what? You're telling me you made the first Annabelle movie off of 6.5, and then you took this, and it's 32. I mean, I guess you can do that. Like 32 million. When you make almost 300 million in the box office every movie release. Because even Conjuring was 20 million, which is weird because the Conjuring was made before Annabelle, and Annabelle was a smaller budget. That's what I'm saying. And like the That's thing wild. is, I hate this movie. <laughs> oh, you don't? Yeah, I know you've been saying that. I don't like. This well, their movie. box office was so that's two hundred and thirty-one point three million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I thought it's a, I thought it's a good film. I think that it's fascinating just the concept of all the, the monsters and sure, creatures. but it's portrayed in a way that I just don't like it. Well, you have a lot of issues with a lot of weird shit. That most people tend to not have issues with. Well, I'm me. I don't know what to say about that. You, you tend to have very particular things that you like. Because I'm very particular. Present issues with. And I'm just like, how is that? I mean, okay, go for it. If that's how you feel. There's a lot of movies that have similar vibes to this one. And I just don't like it. Like, it's very... To me, it didn't feel horror. It felt very... my. Well, I actually like this series... But I don't like that this movie felt like it because it should have felt like something else. It felt very like My Babysitter's a Vampire and like very like... It wasn't scary enough for you? It, I'm not saying that. It just felt uh, or very like goosebumps like haha. I don't know. It, it didn't... So it didn't feel scary enough for you. That's literally what you're saying. I guess. It just... It's not It's not scary enough in regard to what people said. It felt too humory for me. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Whereas for me, I did not get any humor from this. Not like a whole lot. There was like a little bit, but not 100%. But I get like your feeling from that. So. It's just but you wanted it high school. You wanted it more scary. You wanted it to be more scary. Yeah. I guess so. It just felt very Nickelodeon to me. Wow. <laughs> I guess is how I am describing this. <laughs> so what was there? rating anyway yeah it well it had a first runtime of 106 minutes so not too short not too long yeah i mean just over the half hour mark but it had a 64 percent on rotten tomatoes mm. okay okay that's fair i'd say cast i guess uh cast we have mckenna grace as judy warren madison eisman as mary ellen katie sarif as daniela rios Vera Farminga as Lorraine Warren, Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren, and then Michael Camino as Bob Palmieri. Yeah, I would think so. Palmieri. Yeah. So yeah, those are the peoples Yay. of the film. Which honestly, Ed and Lorraine Warren, Vera just, and Patrick, they're just kind of like last minute cheats. Let's they're in the beginning the of the movie. Yeah, and they're in the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I hate that because I really thought this was going to be more. Well, because it's Annabelle comes home. So I, it's. So I thought it was going to be Ed and Lorraine Warren, but no, it wasn't. So. No, but it gave you more awareness of like the daughter because she is not important, but I she don't like that they changed kind of the actress like... as well. It felt off to me. Like I was like, okay, no. Mm, I agree with that. That the like, actress I think, changed. And if they did, like they should have kept her like looking similar. I mean, the actress did. Very great. She did a great job. Yeah. She did wonderful. I still rubbed me the wrong way that they look completely different. Like, yeah. Throughout. One's blonde, one's brunette, like deep. One's like almost black haired, and then one's kind of like a semi blonde brunette. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it is light brown. It's like light brown, but well, yeah. it's it, um, their physicality. That, everything. It's not is even that. Different. Like her, their face, facial features yeah. are very different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know. Okay, so to me, the original one that they had, who played her in the Conjuring movie, she looks a lot more like. Um, is it the same? I'm trying to remember. Is the girl in Annabelle Comes Home the same one in the future Conjuring films, or is it the other way around in conjuring 2 it's the same one from conjuring 1 okay so it's That's what very strange for me okay. the fact that hold on um so to me these actresses look totally different mm-hmm. because okay the one in the first conjuring movie and the second conjuring movie look like Haley steinfeld to me and the one in the mo- in Annabelle comes home. She looks like Kiernan Shipka, and I don't know if y'all know what those people look like. Not uh, no. I'm gonna show you just because. Yeah. So this is Kiernan Shipka. She reminds me very much. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I know who that is. Of, so uh, Sabrina from the newer, like more occulty. Yes, Sabrina. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's where she's from. And then I guess a more recent thing Haley Steinfeld was in was Hawkeye. If you watch that. Oh, are you talking about the girl? Like the dark brunette. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. they look completely different to me personally. Yes. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Like one looks like Haley Steinfeld and the other looks like Kiernan Chipka. And if you've seen those both of those people, you know they are nothing alike. <laughs> That's just how I feel about it. But it's crazy how much they look like those people. That's so not important, but I still wanted to talk about it. Hmm. Yeah. It bugs me. It bugs me. I'm sorry. Yeah, but people do that. Nice. I mean, shit. Not to I mean, if she's get a good out actress, of genre. She's a good act- not to get out of genre, but like fucking Percy Jackson. Annabeth has looked different every time. Yeah. I don't care. She's doing yeah, fucking no. amazing. I think she's amazing. She's really good in the but show. But they've never once she's really, really good. Throughout the whole time that they've ever cast someone, they've never like used what was from the that book. That doesn't and that's really... the same thing, like even with Grover, I feel like is a similar concept. Yeah. So. But for me it's like it's two different adaptations. This is all one yeah, franchise yeah. and it's the same adaptation. So I don't really care when they change adaptations of things, but if you're keeping okay, is it Harry the Potter franchise, better reference. For yes. the whole series, Harry uh, Potter would be Lavender, a better reference. Lavender, Lavender Brown. She was also black. like she was black in the first few movies, oh. and then once they made her uh, like a thing with Ron, they made her white. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Well, I mean, even the description of the characters to some degree, and like you know, there's some characters. I'm not that talking don't look book to different. movie. I'm talking movie to movie. <laughs> they yeah. changed actors within movies, yeah. and it's like there's one movie literally in between both of them where it's yeah. completely different. And it's well, like, I mean, it's even um, Dumbledore. Yeah. Dumbledore, same concept. Yeah. Although they at least kept him. No, they're different. They're, they're different. different. They're very different looking dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we only get him for one film and then it. Well, I mean, it's not like you could cast a really, really old person because <laughs> like, by the time you get to the move, the next movie. <laughs> wow, you're dark as shit. <laughs> they're going to be dead by the next one. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> And that's how we think of people in office. <laughs> oh. Anyway, right, let's get into this into this m- movie, shall we? Yes. So the movie takes place, obviously, 1971. Mm-hmm. And here's something crazy that I guess I learned about Ed and Lorraine Warren, mm-hmm. which they actually did 
incorporate into the films every time you see Ed and Lorraine. Apparently, they would always coordinate their clothes to match. Oh, that's actually kind of cute. as a united front. That's cute. That is cute. So here's the, the crazy thing. You can tell what they're going to do next based on what the couple is wearing. Whoa. So, for instance, when Lorraine is in a black cardigan and Ed is in a black polo, they are probably on their way to perform an exorcism. So ever since the filming of The Conjuring 2... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay attention to that in the next two. I know. that'd be That's that's fascinating. A priest has been called upon to bless the set. Mm-hmm. The actual fucking set of the oh, film. Okay. So. Um, well, that's good because you hear things about like horror movies being filmed and like cursed Exactly. Sets. So because of the filming of The Conjuring 2, this is because so many strange occurrence happened on the set of the first film mm. uh, that the cast and crew thought it would be a good idea because clocks kept stopping around the same time at night for various crew members across town. Whoa. Lights blew out randomly and Vera Farminga herself got randomly bruised on, br- got random bruises on her body and scratches that resembled a claw on her computer screen. Nope. No, thank you. So... Like, they were having some freaky shit going on on their sets as well, which is wild. This is, okay, as much as we believe, I'm still a skeptic, because I've never seen it firsthand. you never seen, okay, you never seen the more, like, demonic-y stuff. Yeah, I've never, yeah, I've never seen firsthand. ghost stuff, which is what makes me, like, I believe, I believe, but there's still that part of me that's, like, skeptic, because you have I've a, never you have, seen it with my own eyes. You have a healthy belief but also, a, like, a healthy skepticism. Yes. Yes. I believe it is a healthy I balance. have seen a lot, so I maybe sway a little bit more than you. Yeah. But the darker stuff, I'm a little more 50-50 because I don't 100% see, like, the really, really, really dark shit. Yeah. Which is kind of I want to... But then again, I maybe have seen some really dark shit and just refuse to have kind of like put it in a place in my brain that has separated that yeah so i'm not 100 percent certain but yeah this is kind of why i want to go ghost hunting <laughs> why because so, so you can see demonic shit not just demonic like i don't demonic shit no just like <laughs> ghosty things like of the spiritual world like because i well, there's also <sighs> i'm not visually yeah and not everybody you know. is. Yeah. So there's also a part of it that's like, it's based on how open you were, mm-hmm. like, your whole life mm-hmm. to it. And I don't know how open specifically you were initially. Just personally, off. and like a bunch of stuff on the internet could be so fake. No, and I that's mean, why it's I like... Mean, your mm-hmm. spiritualness. No, I get what you're saying, but yeah. I'm... I'm not talking about like the stuff that you see on TV and the stuff that you see on the internet. No, I know what you're saying. that stuff is more specific and that stuff... No, I you didn't let me finish my sentence. Is, eh. You didn't let me finish my sentence. Obviously, things on internet can be swayed, which is why personally I want to like yeah. go look for it yeah. myself. No, I get that. I am very open to it. Not demonic shit. No, I'm not open to that. But you want to get spooked, but like for proof. I don't know if I want to get spooked either. I just want... Girl, you're going to get spooked. There's no fucking way you're going ghost hunting and not getting spooked. Okay, fair enough. There's no fucking... You can't go ghost hunting and just be like, hey, yo, what's up? There's not that. that those, those scenes don't come together. Yeah, you got to be brave. Uh, yeah. But which you also I, are going to you. get spooked. That's why <laughs> yeah. I need you. Um, we are both going to get healthily spooked. Yes. Like, I don't want to be a skeptic. I want 
real proof in front of me and not just you want to receive your own evps with with the fact that you know that you didn't edit them yes yeah that's the truth yes that's the more truth of the situation is you want to know that you didn't edit it and you got something yeah whereas you don't know if they've edited anything exactly that's what you mean yeah you want to see something and not think there was an edit Mm mm-hmm that's i i understand or not that side of it and the other part is like i may have seen some things like yeah. in my life but i i always that you put in a separate figured basket. a reason yeah. for why it might not be you logic it out of the spiritual realm yes you put it into oh that's just something lo-. like you did a logic thing yeah whereas for me i did a mom come here and cleanse my room at like 3 a.m because i got scared of, of something yeah. And who Two knows? Two very different lives we live. Maybe I'll always logic it because... It's a default response. Yeah. You know, like my bookshelf falling in the middle of the night or my dog barking at the corner for 20 minutes and mm-hmm. no one else hearing it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's or not getting possible. sleep paralysis. <laughs> nope. Never mind. <laughs> no, that's 100% possible that... Well, I don't fucking know. I don't know, man. It makes me think about a time when I was first moved into this house with my fam and the dog i swear to god the dog started to bark like riled up barking on like the first handful of nights like one of the nights he was just i was sitting here on my computer and he was fucking riled Mm -hmm. out of his mind for a good couple moments and then i swear i heard my sister-in-law's voice like faintly like as it would sound like if she was downstairs and telling him to shush like to be quiet and then he stopped so obviously i think nothing of it and then i tell them the next morning and they're like we didn't hear that (laughs) i I didn't go downstairs kristen was like i didn't do anything like that she didn't yeah and i'm like you've got to be fucking kidding me you didn't hear him fucking freaking the f out how soundproof are your living spaces at this point? That's wild. I don't know, man. Things are weird and creepy, but I want firsthand. Yeah. Like at me actively searching for yes. it instead of it just happening to me and then me putting it in a logic bubble. Yes. You want to basically be forced to the point where you can't put it in a logic bubble. Yeah. I'm like, which is difficult. It is. That's difficult because people force things into logic bubbles all the time. Yeah. That's why there are non-believers and skeptics. Yes. And that there's a difference. I'm a between, healthy level of skeptic. Though. There's a difference between a skeptic and then a skeptic who like refuses to, to accept yeah, anything. Yeah. And will intentionally Those are just find some way to explain Those are just it non-believers. Away. That's not even a skeptic. They just don't believe at all. Exactly. So. But yeah. When it came to finding inspiration for the, obviously the time period. Yes. Uh, Butler loves to start at Western costumes. So this was the costume designer. Mm-hmm. Um which is a big rental house in Los Angeles that had a lot of like period costumes and a library where she pulled up a 1970s Sears catalog and issue of 17 Hmm. magazine. Okay. From there. Um, And then she made boards that she could use as a style guide that she then like would discuss with the director to find the personality for each of the characters, Mm -hmm. Uh, which was pretty interesting. That idea that there's like a, personality you're placing into the wardrobe of the character it makes sense yeah it makes i mean everybody's sense. personal style is 
you know, based off of their personalities and like who they are. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Yeah. And then I really love the whole match- yes. matching thing. Yeah. I think that's a fascinating concept and will be something that we will definitely because there is on the horizon a Conjuring, Conjuring 4. For the Last Rites, I believe it's I called. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably means it's the last one. Probably. I mean, 10 thing. movies is. Yeah. 10 movies but like 10 movies in a franchise full-on which good. means at some point we are going to do a standalone for that one conjuring four yes uh which will probably happen sometime next year next year even though it's coming out end of this year which works out i believe yeah so it works so out. we could start it we could do it in the beginning of next year because we've already started working on what films we're going to start watching next year <laughs> um <laughs> you couldn't tell how dedicated we are uh, yeah we have a we have our a whole lot planned. Our whole list for this year. Yeah. Done. So in the bag. Yeah. Not filmed. <laughs> Not filmed, obviously, but like at least we know what's coming. Yes. Um, and then obviously James Wan described the movie as being like Night at the Museum, but with Annabelle. <laughs> it's Night at the Museum. Yes. But Annabelle. And that's what I mean. You see yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. And that's why I that's, that's why, why I, I don't understood like it. Yeah. why you saw that there was like this comedy part to it yes. and that it wasn't you wanted it to be more horror and more terrifying. I mean it was there's scary, a level but of it, it felt that could very... have been PG thirteen. Yes. Yes. Versus For sure. Yeah. So obviously the archive room featured a few Easter eggs. Including the song box from the first Conjuring movie. Yes. As well as a replica, Which weirdly enough. we didn't mention that in the last... No, we did not. So there we was were talking some, about it. So in the first Conjuring film, there is this, uh, like, song box Da-da-dun. that kind of looks dun, like a, a dun, tent. Dun. Like a circus tent. Like a circus tent. tent, and it has, like, a spiral on the glass. Mm-hmm. And the one of the younger daughters... It's how she sees... It's how she sees, like, the spirit of a young boy. Yeah. And so Lorraine, there's a scene with her looking into it over her shoulder and she sees the boy in it. Mm-hmm. So it it's just one of the like cursed objects that she coll- that she brought back from that situation. Yeah. But weirdly, this one threw me off when I read it because I was kind of confused. Mm-hmm. But I was like, pop off, I guess. Um, OK. Is as well. There is a replica of the wheelchair that belonged to Edgar Rice. Burroughs, who created the character for the jungle hero Tarzan. Yeah, okay. Really fucking out of left field for this. Random. That's like that's that's like the most random. That's like Disney. See? Appearing in a random thing. See? Disney and horror, bro. Nickelodeon. (laughs) I I called it. But um there's also an Easter egg in the living room. If you look closely, one of the paintings on the wall is actually uh of the house from the first Annabelle movie. Oh, shit. So one of the paintings that's on the wall in the mm-hmm. living room is actually the house. From Annabelle Creation? Uh, No, from Annabelle. The house from oh, Annabelle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Annabelle Creation didn't exist yet, technically. After this? Oh, yeah, yeah, because this one... Because it's... it's it. <laughs> this one was 2019. Annabelle Creation was 2017, I thought. Yeah. So this one came out. But this is specifically saying it's from the Annabelle, like the Annabelle film. Yes. And then obviously, as I mentioned, one of my favorite scares involved a spiritual 
spiritually possessed television set mm-hmm. that foreshadowed the impending doom that approached the fates of our protagonists. Yes. Which was fascinating. Very fucking cool. Another of the harrowing creatures that they were seeing uh, were the ghosts that mostly appeared in the background with the silver dollar coins over their eyes lurking over, uh, yet not quite seeming seeing the living people that were being terrorized. They kind of just kind of existed in the spaces. Yeah. And these specific set of ghosts were victims of an entity known as the fairy man. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. There was a whole, like, there. I, I will say there was a very cool scene of, like, a closet. It was cool. With, like, the fairy man, yeah. like, chasing after her. And then she saw her, her own dead body uh, yeah. with coins over her eyes. So and she holding was holding like, the Annabelle doll, which yeah. is how they got it back. Yeah, so they... they that was a very cool scene. Yeah. And then, obviously, the film has a mix of practical and digital effects. It's, you know, it was quite cool because a lot of it had been tangible. So it was weirder and more spooky because it's really creepy when you can actually see it as opposed to having to just pretend it's there. So, of course, uh, then they added the special effects in on top of it. And it's even more terrifying on screen. So they had a nice mix of both. So they had the physical things there and then they would add on top Mm -hmm. of it those more CGI elements that they would need. Again, using CGI to enhance and not be the only thing that they have using. Yes. So what you got for me? I just have the like actual stories about like the real artifacts that were in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there is... This man, basically, Spera is Judy's husband, but also studied under Ed Warren and like demon, oh. all demonology and like the occult studies and all that. Uh, and this is like the real daughter. This is the real daughter who ended up marrying, ma- who married this guy who studied under Ed. Gotcha. So Tony Spera is his name. So the first thing that he talked about is he basically went through and debunked the stuff that was in the room saying like what was real, what was not, what everything was. So for the wedding dress, okay, so he basically says that there is a white gown in the artifact room, but it's not known to have ever belonged to a bride Mm. or somebody who was getting married and that the story of the gown is absolutely fiction. Okay. The real story is that there's this story of the white lady of Union Graveyard in Connecticut. And basically, people have just seen her around that area for decades. Gotcha. And specifically caught, like, would see that figure of the dress. Gotcha. That's it. It's not very special. Yeah. But it, give con- it gives context it to, does. like, what it really was. Mm-hmm. There's another thing, the mourning bracelet when um that's the thing that she tried to use right that yeah that's the thing she tried to put her father's picture in. gotcha okay so no such thing it's inspired by something called the pearls of death they got the pearls from this woman who every time she put it on uh she said she felt like she was being strangled to death oh wow every like when she whenever she put it around her neck but sparrow thinks that the morning bracelet and the necklace are like connected and like they have similarities and like what their purpose is it's an object that someone put a curse onto necklace bracelet either thing yeah yeah he just thinks that the pearls were an inspiration for the object yes thank you for putting my words into 
formation. The feely mealy game, like mm-hmm. the board game that's that was in the artifact room. Yeah. No such thing. <laughs> yeah. However, Sparrow says that this could be reminiscent of a Ouija board because it yeah. involves like using your hands and just kind of the unknown because it was that. the like you just put your hand into a fucking box yeah into a hole and you just have to fucking yes i don't like that i don't either i don't like the idea that i'm just putting my hand into a, a darkness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not cool with that me neither not at all <laughs> gross <laughs> especially when like they're trying to get like the key for the door out yes of the box and judy just shoves her hand in and like grabs it and is like girl Mm-mm. girl braver than me mm-hmm uh, the next thing, the TV set. Ooh, yeah. Personal favorite object. Yes. Completely fabricated. <laughs> Figured. But Sparrow thinks the idea may have come from a mirror that's inside the artifact room. Oh. Uh, basically, this guy, this man, sat in front of this mirror, summoning his dead family members for hours like he would sit there and like beg them to show themselves and he would sit in darkness with a red light bulb behind him and just did this for about two weeks yeah for two effing weeks this man sat in front of this mirror just summoning things then after two weeks he said ugly monstrous faces appeared in the mirror and they were so diabolical that he ended up in a mental institution. Damn. <laughs> he did it to himself. Maybe don't summon a bunch of shit and think it's going to be your family. Mm, yeah. I can't believe it drove him actually insane. Well, yeah. He might have already been insane. He might like, have been going insane. He did it for two fucking weeks straight. Yes. He was already going insane. He just, that was the thing that just broke it. Yeah. Next thing, the werewolf paw. Gotcha. With the yeah. whole werewolf thing. No such thing. In the museum. However, Sparrow says that he thinks it's a nod towards... Um, I think I know what you're going to say it is. It's a case that Ed and Lorraine worked on in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they wrote a book about it. It's called Werewolf, A True Story of Demonic Possession. Is it the Black Shook? Oh, I have... I Ooh, know. there's another creature in London that is called the Black Shook. I think I have that correct. And it's a um, like a demon wolf. I have no idea. With, like, red eyes. But... That haunts the moles. But, basically, there was this guy in London who... He would turn into a werewolf. He didn't actually become one, but he would, like, act like one, like, full on. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he would growl, make his fingers claw, claws, and, like, attack people on the streets. Mm. So, that's fun. But, to save him, Ed and Lorraine brought him back to the U.S., from London to perform an exorcism on him. And after the exorcism, he was fine. He returned back to his former self and lived a normal life. You know? It happens. Mm -hmm. It happens. (laughs) I guess so. As we've said before, think happy thoughts and you will no longer be possessed. Exactly. Eh. The last thing is about the organ that was in there. It's not really that interesting. It just belonged to Ed Warren. Um, I thought you'd have something about the samurai suit. Nope. All it was was that there was no samurai suit. Gotcha. Because the samurai suit in the film, it was don't look at it, right? Like, don't look at it. Don't make eye contact and don't touch it. Yeah. Because they had to, because it was kind of standing in the middle of the hallway and they had to slink around around it. it. Yeah. Because its head followed them as they walked past. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but the Oregon thing, basically Ed got it after authorities cleaned out this supposed haunted house that was owned by a reverend in Connecticut. So the house burned down, but before it burned down, the house was emptied and somebody from one of the, I guess one of the authority, like somebody from the authorities like reached out to Ed and just asked him if he wanted it and he got it and you could... He said he could hear people playing it at night, oh. but once they had the priest come in to start blessing things all the time, it stopped. Yeah, I figured. So, it's it's not very crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much it, other than, like, the Annabelle doll, and we already talked about yeah. that extensively. Yeah. So, if you want to know about it, just listen to the past, I don't know, couple hours. Yeah. Alrighty, so you got one stars for me? I do. They're short. They're quick. Yeah, go for it. Thought this movie would be about Ed and Lorraine Warren, but instead I had to watch three kids running around a house for an hour and 45 minutes. This movie would have been good if the production was well executed. Fair enough. Because me too. Are you sure you didn't write that? I might have. I might have written written all of these. I mean, who knows? Because you really did not like this movie. I'm not a fan. Like, yes, it had its moments. I can appreciate good moments in a film. Does that mean I liked it overall? No. Next. <laughs> yeah, it's no fun when I actually agree with the one star. Not really much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yep. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. This movie is filled with cheap jump scares, loud sounds, fog, and toy props. Agreed, bro. A complete lack of a coherent story. That's not true. That's not true. The there main is a coherent story. Yeah. The main characters are missing for most of the movie. They're not the main characters. But draw you and your money into the theater with their names listed as stars of the show. They are not. It is one child and two girls. And a failure to develop pacing. I am taking the time to write this for you all so you can save 15 to $20 a person for this poor excuse for a horror movie. I now spend time searching for foreign horror movies that have far more talent and skill at developing a haunting tale. Save money. Live better. Booyah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of agree with most of this, uh, other than like the main character. However, I did think that it was going to be about Ed and Lorraine Warren, and then, uh, shocker, it was not. It was about two girls and a child. So that was interesting. Not that you're gonna save me fifteen to twenty dollars because this isn't in theaters anymore. So I am middle of the road with this film. So I feel I am not you. like either direction. I don't think it was that bad, but I would not put this at, like, The Nun 2. You know when we're done with all the franchises? The Nun 2 is fantastic. I thought that was a really cool, like, their effects and their visual shit was really good. I agree. You do know that at the end of each of the franchises, we're gonna rank them. <laughs> we're gonna rank them. Oh, yeah. I know. I figured that We're one. gonna rank them. Are you gonna be able to remember any of it? Pardon? <laughs> what was that a dig at? Huh? <laughs> No, seriously, what are you saying? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't remember why that should be a thing. <laughs> Which is the real not remembering any of your notes or any of the information that you've gathered from it. So that was it for one star reviews. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. guess we're ending off on this movie. Well, yeah, but we're starting with The Conjuring 2, I think, come next, right? That one or La Llorona? I don't know. One it's or the other. One of those fucking two. I just know that the third one is last. 
It could either start with Conjuring My 2 or it could be feels second. feels like it's probably L- La La Rona is I think the it's... second one. Or, but I don't fucking remember. I'd have to Let's look. check. Because we can do that. Oh, fuck. Just I got check her. the doc. Our schedules. I look on the schedule. Our schedule. Schedule. Curse of La La Rona. Is the first one. Is the first one. All right. Is the first one. All right. So we're opening pretty good. Yeah. That one was pretty all right. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. It was, was interesting. Good. It was an interesting take on the character. Agreed. Alrighty, so next week, obviously, the third part of our Conjuring set. Did you just lick the mic? No. <laughs> that was my lip. Fucking she weirdo. said, did I lick the mic? What am I, a savage? All I see is, <laughs> what am I, Korean? And that's it. I mean, you did spit on it earlier. That was an accident. <laughs> that's my wet-ass mouth. Yeah. My wom. Your wom. <laughs> Not my wop, my wom. Your wom. I'm just wet all over. I was sweaty earlier. Like I, I had, I had boobs. But when galore. you say wet all over, it makes it sound way worse. Like I'm a slimy creature. I am. I don't know how else you want me to describe <laughs> it. Well, you know. You can send us your thoughts and opinions <laughs> about my slime. about her <laughs> wet ass mouth, I guess. <laughs> and these films. What are your thoughts on these movies? At horrorunmasked at gmail.com. You know, don't forget like, rate, subscribe, share us to your peoples, so that we get some more of you guys in the in our little group of peoples i don't know yet what we're calling you or if you are gonna call yourselves anything we'll figure it out as we go i hope eventually we have a cute little name for you guys that would be so fun name yourselves (laughs) i my creativity is not here (laughs) it might come naturally it it might you know we could say a thing and it could stick yeah or y'all could just be like no we are this and we'll be like okay sure if it's a terrible name, I'll be like, no, no. try again. <laughs> try again. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Love you. No. I'm very opinionated today. Uh, yeah. Follow us. What? Instagram, Twitter, at Horror Unmasked. Listen to us on Spotify and iTunes at Horror Unmasked Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Horror Unmasked Podcast. Eventually, at some point in time, we will have more information, hopefully more places that the podcast will be on. Um, so, you know, check us out, get us out there. Maybe let us know if there's any other platforms that you're interested in having us put the podcast onto. For sure. Um, Share us with everybody you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing it. Why not you too? Just be like, yo. Heck yeah. Your friends, your family, your neighbors. Your dog, your cat. Your fish. Let them know. Your boss at work, your coworkers. Hell yeah. A rando on the street that a you see has a horror shirt on. Yeah. Somebody... Just be like, hey, there's a podcast you should listen to. Honestly, we're going to give you the PDF file of business cards. And you guys can be our, <laughs> can be our, our PR. Can be our advertisers. I think with that. There's only one thing left to ask. Will you fear or will you fear not? 